0: Welcome to Agency for Change, the podcast that brings you the stories of people creating positive change in the world. We explore what inspires these change makers, the work they're doing, and how they share their message. Each of us can play a part in change, and these are the people
1: who show us how. Hello fellow change makers, this is Lynn Weinman, founder and chief strategist of Kid Glove. Welcome to another episode of the Agency for Change podcast. The phrase I would use to describe today's guest is go getter. Jennifer Connect is the Vice President of Marketing and Communications for Emmanuel, the premier option and longtime leader for retirement living in Nebraska and Iowa. I can't wait to get her take on how they are serving seniors in positive ways and how the COVID-19 pandemic is affecting her work. Jennifer, how are you today?
0: I'm fantastic. I'm really thrilled to be on the Changemaker podcast. I think today's subject and what we're going to talk about with senior living and retirement living and all of that entire space is going to be really relevant when we talk about change.
1: (laughs) I think that's fantastic. You know, because sometimes, I'm sure you deal with this, sometimes our society You know, take seniors and we want them to be comfortable and live out your lives, but you don't think about living your dreams or making change as a senior. And I know at Emmanuel, you really focus on um, helping people have a vibrant life, regardless of what age they're at.
0: Most definitely. You know, it's funny in America, especially we, we have the whole word ageism, but it's it's a very real word. I mean, I look in the mirror every day at my own face and I can certainly see like laugh lines around my eyes and things that I'd like to go away or erase and that's just part of getting older and the beauty of getting older, but it's funny that we try to run from it. And that's, that's certainly one of the things I'm sure we'll dig into a little bit with this particular episode, but it, it's a funny thing. We have this weird thought in our mind about aging or seniors or what it's like as you continue down your journey. And I think really what the biggest lesson that we can learn from our residents at Emanuel and just in general about the aging process is just gives you better wisdom, maybe makes you more grounded as an individual and in who you are. So you have more to give to the world. And that's a whole new way to look at aging. I have more to give to the world this year than I did last year because I have a whole bunch more wisdom. I've been through many more life experiences and, you know, the things that are important to me now are probably much more solid than they might have been 10 years
1: ago. Jennifer, I love that because, you know, we're all so many of us spend so much time on Zoom right now. Every time I turn on Zoom, I notice those little, I'm gonna call them wisdom lines from now on, those little wisdom lines (laughs) around my eyes. And I'm gonna say, you know, that's my mark of accomplishment from here on. So, (laughs) you know, I'd love for you to start by just telling us a little bit more about Emmanuel and your role within the organization. Oh, I love to. So Emmanuel is very near and dear to my
0: heart. But in a nutshell, we are all about people. We are a nonprofit. We've been around since 1887. And we started as the second hospital in the city of Omaha. we serve between Lincoln and uh, Des Moines down the I-80 corridor, essentially, in multiple different locations. And we provide senior services. So we have retirement living options. We have uh, care communities, which are nursing home level of care. So from retirement living all the way through nursing home level of care with assisted living and memory support in between there. And then we also have a program called Pathways, uh, PACE, Program of All-Inclusive Care for the Elderly. So that's serving the people at poverty level or below in Nebraska and in Iowa at nursing home level of care, but keeping them safely in their home. So we surround them with every type of support services both on the healthcare side and just on the support side to help them stay and remain safely wherever they call home. And so Emmanuel to me is when we talk about seniors, Emmanuel really is about service to seniors. Christ-centered service to seniors is our mission. But when we say that, we mean that we serve from poverty level and below all the way through very affluent individuals. So we have a whole host of different options and what we really pride ourselves on in every single one of the ways in which we serve are extraordinary experiences. So just because you get older does not mean that you don't want to have extraordinary experiences. And in the Midwest, it's a little bit different. Not as many people perhaps aspire to retire to the Midwest. Maybe the weather is better in Florida and places that are warmer. But we find a lot of folks are moving back to the Midwest to be around their families, their grandkids, but yet they want the ease of retirement life. So it's It's really about the turnkey kind of concept where you can just lock the door and travel down to your house in Florida when it gets cold in Nebraska and in Iowa, and then return back and spend the majority of your year here enjoying your grandchildren and exploring whatever life has to offer you in your retirement years.
1: So, Jennifer, when you say extraordinary experiences, that makes me think more of a resort hotel or a hospitality venue more than what people might picture as senior living. Can you talk about that a little bit more? I would love to, and that's exactly what it is. So
0: certainly nursing home level of care is 24-7 nursing support, and I think that's where most people start when they think about senior living or retirement living. It starts at nursing home level of care. A lot of our residents, in fact, I was just talking to one of our residents last week, and they were mentioning how their impression of going to visit their grandmother, you know, 40, 50 years ago, what that was like. It was the old nursing home on the hill with the green walls that smelled funny when you walked in and people in wheelchairs, and that's all you saw. Today, when you walk into one of our communities, it's really like walking into a Ritz-Carlton. And I can say that very finely and very seriously because the experience that you have when you walk in we have beautiful welcoming entrances grand foyers we have amazing restaurants and all sorts of different types of things like that we have yoga studios we have fitness studios we have thrive wellness studios and day spas so we have all of those all of those amenities and services inside of our communities and at the same time we offer you peace of mind so as you might continue to age you start you know much more at a lower level where you are it's literally just turnkey service. So you decided that you don't wanna deal with the snow and having to scoop your driveway. You want to deal don't wanna even deal with the HOA and having to comply with uh, making sure your lawn is manicured or watering your lawn or any of those things that might get away in the way of you just enjoying experiences in a life. So when you decide you want to turn the key and go travel to visit your granddaughter in Texas, you can do that and have no worries. When you decide you want to turn the key and go visit your um, son in New York, you can do that. And it's absolutely easy, carefree living. You can either cook in your apartment home or you can enjoy one of our amazing meals in, in our restaurant. So that's, that's really what retirement living is about today. It's just about the experiences and at, at Emanuel at least and enjoying anything that you might have aspired to in this chapter of your life, making that possible for you without the, the headache of everything else of everyday life. You would have to remember to pay your electricity bill. You know, that that easy thing. <laughs> I love
1: it. As I hear you explain it, my thought is, where can I go to sign up? I'm I'm absolutely with you.
0: And it's funny because we know, you know, right now we're serving uh, primarily the silent generation and we're getting ready and preparing. We're just starting to dip our toe into serving the baby boomers. And there's a big difference in the wants, needs and desires of a baby boomer. We all know that baby boomers are not really into the idea of retiring. It's just reinventing yourself in a new way that there's a lot of relevancy, a lot of ways in which you can be engaged. We we have a whole host of resident-driven volunteer activities. We have a lot of residents that are very passionate about recycling, and so they've started a recycling program maybe in their community for all of their neighbors. We have residents that are really passionate about the zoo, and so they volunteer regularly and schedule sessions when they can get together with their neighbors inside of that community and take them all to the zoo to help volunteer to feed the, the baby animals we have residents that are, you know, lifelong learners and we're giving them lots of different ways in which they can engage on the lifelong learning side of things and and folks that even want to travel but they've made new friends maybe they've they've met new neighbors down the hallway that they weren't anticipating they found a new uh, unlikely friendship and that new best friend they want to go traveling with so we even have the Emanuel Explorers Club which is essentially they travel all over the country they've been to Alaska on a cruise they've been to Branson Missouri they've been to Nashville last year in fact they just went to Nashville and got some really fun like behind the scenes getting to touch the keys of Elvis's piano and by the way they're not supposed to you're not supposed to be able to touch the keys of Elvis's piano.
1: (laughs) (laughs) all right well we just told you know just a few people today but you know I'm sure nobody else will tell keep it a secret everyone keep it a secret
0: (laughs) well they sweet talked their way there so I think that's part of wisdom right you you get very good at being very convincing
1: (laughs) I love that I love that so this it all sounds amazing and very resort-like and maybe not what people would expect yet, mm-hmm. I think it's fascinating that Emmanuel is a nonprofit organization and your tagline is here for you, not for profit. And so I'm curious, why is the not-for-profit status important and how does that play into the way you serve seniors? You know, that's a really great
0: question. For multiple different reasons. I would say that the primary reason is that we are in service to a mission, which means that we only exist for the betterment of people. And our mission is here for you, not here for you, that's our tagline, (laughs) but our mission is Christ-centered service to seniors, each other, and the community. So that means that every single day, every single one of our team members wakes up and comes to work just to fulfill the mission it means that our board of directors which governs our organization we have two major committees that every decision has to be weighed against they have to be every major decision inside of our organization so we would be looking at are we going to acquire a new community are we going to grow into this region those types of major organizational decisions that are decided at the board level we have two committees we have a mission committee and we have a finance committee and every decision that comes forward has to be weighed and has to be presented unanimously by both committees to the greater board before anything will move forward. So it means that we have the right checks and balances so that we're balancing mission, but we're also being very prudent in how we operate as a business. So we're we're obviously a, a business and we have to continue to be successful so we can be around for another more than 133 years into the future. But, For every single one of the employees, then what that means is that we're all dedicated to the betterment of another individual. So I serve at Emanuel because it's about impacting other human lives. And my teammates serve for the very same reason. Maybe they they came and they have a different function than me, but at the end of the day, it's about impacting a life. And we all have the confidence knowing that the organization and every one of our leaders and every one of our boards of directors will all make decisions based on how is that going to better the individual versus how is that going to better our profit margin. That's a big difference. And what that translates down to for our residents and our families is it really means that you have good confidence knowing that we're not going to increase rates five times a year for a resident or for a family, because that's not the right decision for the individuals. It means that every time that we have new construction or that we're exploring new projects or new amenities and services. We're really weighing, is that going to better the experience of those individuals, not only on the resident side, but also on the employee side. It's funny, you know, the old adage, if you take care of your team, they're going to take care of business. And especially when we are in the business of serving other people, well, we believe very much so that a manual, if we're doing the right things for the people that work for us, then the people that work for us, the teams that are caring for our seniors and caring for our families, those are the team members that are going to do the right things because of those people. So it's a really, it kind of sets you free, if you will, because I believe as human beings, we really are here to positively impact another life and i'm surrounded by an entire team of people who also believe that we are here to positively impact another life and i'm backed up by a group of leaders who also believe that we are here to positively impact another life now you might find in another retirement community people who are there for the right reason serving for the right reason because they you know they're here to help other the residents and the families but at the higher levels, the executive leadership levels, at the vice president's levels, at the, at the board levels, the decisions are being made for the profit margin that can be had. It also means that Emmanuel, you know, we're prudent in every decision that we make and we make decisions on the business side of things so that we can be around for a long time. But when we say we're in service to a mission, we don't exist without that mission. There's no reason for us to be in business except to serve other human beings. And that's just a really beautiful thing when you think about it. I mean, you can market, you can sell many things. I mean, Lynn, you know, you and your team do a lot of work with nonprofits. There are so many amazing things that you can market and sell in the world. You can sell a candy bar. I've done that. It's amazing. You smell like chocolate every day. It's really great. But at the end of the day, that doesn't necessarily fill your heart up with, I've just deeply positively impacted another human being's life. And that's what we do at Emmanuel every day.
1: I love that, Jennifer. I mean, it it's so it's not just the core of what Emmanuel does, but but it it impacts the people you attract, the leadership decisions. Mm-hmm. Um I, I imagine the residents that come there too are attracted to that mission mm-hmm. as well. And I love that. I think too that you know the kind of key to work happiness is being able to blend your talents with a mission that you love. And at the end of the day, when you work really hard, you know that you're not just selling candy bars. I mean, mm-hmm. yes, candy bars are delicious. They're great. It's wonderful. Yes, not <laughs> knocking candy at all. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're doing something at a higher level, and I, I think that's really cool. I also know that Emmanuel is committed to the local communities mm-hmm. that you are located in and i'm I'm curious because it seems like a lot of um, because I'm in some of the same communities, it seems like a lot of big players are coming into the area. And I'm wondering if you could kind of compare and contrast or help people understand, does it make a difference whether you are a senior living provider? that is locally based and locally focused versus being a large national conglomerate?
0: Mm. Well, let's go back to our mission. I think we'll start with our mission. So we are born and bred in Nebraska. We were the second hospital in in. Omaha, Nebraska. We were founded by a a pastor of the Evangelical Lutheran Churches of America. So we are a serving arm of the LCA, and uh, the bishop does sit on our our board of directors, which is a good thing, helping to guide us. So we're very connected to the church on the spiritual side of things, for sure. But when we go back to our mission, we really start to unpack our mission. So we want to start with the community part of it first. So we are a unique nonprofit in that we have a we have two foundations inside of our nonprofit We have a foundation that's focused on uh, communities on our communities and our pathway centers to help support those uh, residents and participants with a whole host of different types of things and our employees as well so if somebody falls on hard times and needs a little financial assistance we have our employee helping hands fund that can help fund that sort of thing If we have residents, who outlive their resources for some reason? Um, you know, we are, are happy to help keep them inside the Emanuel family with the foundation. So we have that foundation, but then we also, a few years ago, really dug into what does Christ-centered service to each other and the community mean. So we had the community foundation, which I said, you know, mentioned serves our seniors and serves our participants, our residents, and our employees. We decided that we wanted to reinvest in the communities in which we serve, because there are a lot of nonprofits out there doing really great work. And any entity who thinks or that thinks that they can do great work themselves is not necessarily committed to the community so we're not just a standalone doing our own great works kind of an organization we are an organization that is now reinvesting and actually over the course of we've been uh the vision foundation was created just over six years ago we've reinvested 11 million dollars back into the lincoln omaha council bluffs and des moines communities primarily but also the entire states in fact a couple years ago we gave a grant to every single senior center in the state of Nebraska and to every single senior center in the state of Iowa, which was amazing. But we are committed to funding and partnering with financially to give back to nonprofits that are also doing great work to help support the community, primarily that are focused on supporting seniors and health that type of thing um, because that's really where our roots are grounded but we know that we can't do it alone so that's one of the big things that we take a lot of sense we're very humbled but we're also very proud that we're making decisions to reinvest in that way that that's how we're living out our mission even though we are a nonprofit, we're also reinvesting with our own foundation back into the community at large then the second part i would say there is you know it's it's um I'm born and raised in Nebraska. I've lived all over the country. Uh, I've moved around and then decided that I wanted to come back to my roots because I think Nebraska is a really fantastic place to live and be, and you can travel anywhere from Nebraska. There's a lot of great things about Nebraska and the Midwest in general. And you can feel a difference in the people that have been born and raised. There's just a there's just an interesting sense of respect for the hard work, for some of the work ethics, for some of the values I think that Midwesterners have. And because we're from the Midwest, that really shines through. I mean, we make decisions again, based on people, but through the lens of we're here to stay, our roots run deep. We're not planning on being here for a while and then all of a sudden just disappearing. And whenever you have somebody from outside i'm not saying we don't want to welcome our like new friends into our circle for sure but when you have outside entities coming to move in and saying well we know what works on the east coast we know what works on the west coast we especially know what works you know down in florida that has to absolutely apply to what works for seniors in the midwest and we would 100 percent disagree i have seen and it's very funny somebody living on the east coast and those the values and the culture on the east coast is completely different from the values and the culture of the Midwest. And you know, you when you walk into one of our communities, they're beautiful, they're opulent, they're designed around experiences, but they're also they also have a very different feeling. In fact, I was just talking to a resident family member a couple weeks ago and they were talking about the hard decision that they made I and mean, lots of discernment they put into should i move mom during covid and it was a big decision because it's a pretty, pretty scary thing and there's a lot of things you're hearing in the news you're hearing about well is my is my mom going to be locked into her room am i never going to see my mom again if i move her into a senior living community is something terrible going to happen to her in a senior living community well this family literally engaged with one of our senior living counselors who have helped thousands of other families through the discernment process of whether or not Emmanuel's is the right fit for them. And they ended up making the decision based on, well, mom was super lonely because she was at home watching the news every day. And there's a lot of fear floating around in her mind. Mom had not been out to engage with other people literally since everybody started locking down in March of 2019. I mean, that's like almost 10 months ago. It's going to be more months, you know, just on and on. And, and then on top of that, so she was lonely. She wasn't eating. So she had kind of stopped eating, not preparing food because she was not feeling really up to it. She lost a little bit of weight. And then the unfortunate thing was she had, she did a little bit of slipping and falling inside of her house, didn't break anything, but it was a big enough scare that the family said, wow, we need to think about this. So they did some touring around. A lot of it's virtual right now. Of course, during COVID, there's there's a great deal of virtual touring and talking on the phone and trying to discern what's the right fit for mom because the community has to fit the person and vice versa. We would never want somebody to move into one of our communities that doesn't feel the feeling of what it's like. They really connected with this particular sales counselor and this senior living counselor helped them through the whole process advised a few things told them to ask these questions as they were going to other places they did and what, what the daughter said to me ultimately was we made the decision because we could literally feel a difference walking into the community so we did all of this virtually we connected with everybody virtually and then we did like very like micro tours inside of the community so you could see a, a you know a little bit of the internal parts of the community but we did that because we wanted to understand what the feeling was and at emmanuel i can very sincerely say because i've worked in in multiple different locations and been into lots of different communities throughout our area emmanuel and otherwise it really is a, a sense of coming home like a sense of feeling like the community is like the community that you're used to that you grew up in and that's a really difficult thing to duplicate if you're from out of state or from out of the area. If you're from Chicago, it's not the same feeling. If you're from the East Coast or the West Coast, I mean, even, even down to like the apartment configurations and how they're all like configured, are they configured for living the way in which we like to live in the Midwest, which is we like a little bit larger, more spacious apartments. We like to have underground parking because we know that snow is is a big thing in the winter time. You know, all of those considerations we're putting into our communities anytime that we reconfigure, reconstruct. And obviously, as we're we're adding new communities into our family, we're always looking at how we might need to make tweaks to make it more homey. But when you're from outside of the area, you don't have some of that insight, some of that understanding of what the culture is, how people like to live, how we like to, how, how we make friends. It's a little bit different here than it is on, in a city. I mean, that's what we tell our people, when they ask the question, like, how do I, how do I figure out which community might be right for me? Well, you have to find the one that fits the personality of you as the resident or you as the family member, knowing your loved one. That's a big thing. When we talk about experience, it's not, it's not like moving into a house and you have a neighbor next to you that you hate. It's like moving into an entire new neighborhood, You have to feel comfortable in the neighborhood in which you're living. You have to ensure that the apartment style is what you like. You have to ensure that the amenities are going to fit your lifestyle. Like if you're a very social person and you enjoyed lots of connectivity, you need to find a place that has a lot of life and vibrancy. If you are a person that was um, more like I like to sit on the beach by myself and read my book, you need to find a community that has that type of a feeling. So you just have to kind of know yourself because it's 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 much less about the actual apartment home itself and more about the entire experience that surrounds you inside of that community that you move into
1: i imagine that's where the experience differs from the ritz carlton right the ritz (laughs) you know you're gonna go for a long weekend a week Mm -hmm. but you're gonna go enjoy and then go to your next destination which may be your home but this would be like moving in so you're not only considering hey You know, is, does it look fantastic and are there things for me to do, but how is it going to feel to live here? And and you're right, Nebraskans and Midwesterners and Iowans, there's just something intangible, I think about the people Mm -hmm. and the culture that, that is different and that people really appreciate
0: the other thing about emmanuel because we've had because our roots are so deep because we've been around since 1887 we have we have a wealth of knowledge in this space too so we've been serving seniors for more than 133 years, so it's it's not just like a new thing that we just like woke up and we're like, oh, let's go do this because this seems like this might be a good thing to get into. We didn't just decide that yesterday or last week or two years ago. I mean, we've been we've been doing this for a long time. So that means that we we've been and we're getting better every year. We're very very innovative. So we're constantly looking at other industries and looking at life in general to to understand what might be a great. Fit for our residents and for our family members. But it makes a big difference. I like to, I like to, I kind of like to align it to buying a new car. So nobody really wants to buy a new car, or I would not advise it because I have a lot of friends who've had <laughs> challenges like Lemons. If you buy a new car the first year of that car, there's a lot of things that need to get worked out. The very first year of that model of that car, there are a lot of kinks that have to get worked out. Well, it takes a little bit longer with a brand new team. And even a when we build a new community we have team members that we're pulling that have a great deal of experience that have already worked together that are going into that community to make it vibrant and fresh and wonderful and um, welcome new residents in it it's not the same thing when you go to a community that's just been built and it's a whole new team that's being assembled it takes I mean, it very realistically takes like three or four years before a team gels. And typically there are people cycling in and out in that three or four years, sometimes even more, depending on if they're managed from far away. You know, if they don't have any like real close, a close support system for that particular community, sometimes they even cycle more than that. We've seen some of our some of the outside communities that are coming in, the outside facilities that are coming in to senior living into our spaces and we're watching like kind of a revolving door of their teams. And when you have a team that's worked together for 25 years, when you have team members that know each other in that way, they work like a well-oiled machine, which means, again, your experience is extraordinary. You, you, You do not want to, and I guarantee you nor your resident, your loved one, you do not want to be the guinea pig like the science experiment on having to work out the kinks because it's about your life it's about a big move anytime you move to a new home that's a big move it's about you know a lot of emotion is packed into that sometimes there's been a big life event a big change of some sort maybe a spouse that was lost a longtime spouse or maybe there's a health event that changed something or maybe you just want a little bit easier life but it's still a big decision to make to move into retirement living and you don't have to make that decision again we've seen a lot of We've actually had a lot of residents in a couple of the different communities in which we serve that have uh, come to us specifically saying, you know, we thought this was going to be a great experience because it was a brand new apartment. And these people said it was going to be amazing. And we got there and, you know, nothing worked. (laughs) It, It just was like one disaster after another because the team was trying to gel and they weren't gelled together. So when we talk about being of the community, that's part of it as well. Like we're very proud in the length and the longevity of our team members because we treat them well working together. That's a that's a big, important thing for our manual. In fact, one of our values, one of our Christ promises is relationships. And that's on both sides. That's the team together having good relationships and us having good relationships with our families and our residents.
1: makes a lot of sense you know often in technology right you don't want to be the first one to download (laughs) the new software update yeah you don't necessarily want to be the first one with the new iPhone you know let the kinks work out and that's just technology right it's not Uh it's not how your mom or your dad or your grandparents or your loved ones are living so that that does make a lot of sense so Jennifer you brought up the COVID-19 virus a little Mm. bit ago, and the pandemic is affecting us all. But honestly, I don't think it's affecting anyone more than seniors and healthcare workers. And you have both that you're dealing Mm -hmm. with. And I'm just curious, how has that impacted Emmanuel and your residents? And what are some of the things that you're doing about it? I want to start
0: first. When we talk about healthcare heroes, I, I really want to say a shout out to everybody who is in healthcare, who is doing work to counteract, I guess, the ill effects of COVID-19. Here, here's the interesting thing that I would say. As a just in general, as a society in America and just generally all over the world, you know, we were hit with this pretty suddenly, kind of caught off guard in general, like as as economies, as everything, and everyone is doing their very best to quickly iterate, like learn and get better and better and better. And the one thing I would say about healthcare workers in general, I have never experienced a more resilient group of individuals able to learn and get better and better and better, and yet stay with their head upright. Like upright and hydrated, we joke about all the time. Like if you're upright and hydrated, things are good. But very truly, this has been a really stressful time for everybody inside of healthcare. And, and really it's because, you know, we went from, well, just so much fear, like so much unknown, so many unknowns, like it hit and then everybody was like, oh my goodness, things are happening. It's massively impacting people in a very serious way. Sometimes it's, it's killing people. This is a very scary thing. And so the industry overall quickly, quickly was making changes. On the regulatory side of things, we were and our frontline, team members literally were reimagining their work the way they did their work on not even just uh, an, an hourly basis but sometimes on a like per minute basis we were having to go that quickly in reimagining what we needed to do, but the positive thing is, Emmanuel was really well prepared. We're a really solid organization. we would thought through. We've done a lot of disaster planning around this. We never were planning for something like this to be impacting us for such a great length of time. Obviously, it's been a really long period of time. We thought when we started into every, all the everything with COVID nineteen, we were going to be hopefully just experiencing a couple months of all this craziness, and it's now you know ten months in, and we're we, we're continuing down the journey. But our our team members, our heroes on the front lines, they continue to take everything, like the change, just one step at a time. And they still have smiles on their faces and they're tired. You know, our folks are tired from having to make changes in the way they reimagine their jobs. And and it's funny, we, we don't joke about it. I mean, it's a really serious thing. You go from having to reimagine your job all the time, and then you go home to having to reimagine your life. So there's no like, there's no reprieve from the reimagining and the constant change. And people are definitely tired. I mean, everyone is tired about that. But the beautiful thing at Emmanuel is they're still very committed to making the personal sacrifices so that we can keep COVID 19 away from our residents, away from. Our, our employees away from each other as much as possible. And to this point, we've been very very successful in that. We've we certainly have been impacted just like everybody by COVID nineteen. I mean, we have pathways participants who are living in partner living communities out you know in each one of our regions, and some of them have been in communities that have been really impacted by by COVID-19, which is not at all because of the pathways program or not at all because of the team members and pathways, but it's just the circumstances of where they are. We've had um, residents who've gone out to visit their family members, and unfortunately been you know, infected with COVID-19 and come back to our community, and they're quarantining, that sort of thing. We have a very solid protocol and process whenever we have people come and go inside of our communities. And we've been really, I think, cutting edge on making the right, very conservative decisions on how we quickly make changes to, to the best of our ability, prevent and isolate any sort of massive ill effects happening inside of our communities. But it's real. I mean, COVID-19 is real. And we have the everyone, every single individual has had to adjust to changes in their lifestyle. I mean, our communities have ebbed and flowed. We've gone back and forth and allowing like I'd call it micro group activities. You know, we used to have nice size group activities with 30, 40, 50, 100 folks at a time. Now we have micro group activities, depending on what's going on inside that particular community. We've done a lot of one-on-one. We've done a lot of reimagining how you do how you do fitness. We started a, a YouTube closed circuit channel so that we could do fitness, you know, in your apartments. And we've done a lot of- so yeah, we've done a lot of really great innovative things. The the wonderful thing about a community is that even though life has changed and you as the resident have had to, you know, make changes along the way and make sacrifices, you know, you didn't you're not necessarily celebrating the holidays the same way this year as you would have been last year or the year before. We're keeping our residents safe. They know that if somebody comes into their apartment, they've been like very well vetted. So you don't have to worry about the cable person coming into your house and maybe bringing COVID in or you don't have to like worry about not being able to go to the grocery store and you're running out of like just need-based supplies like toilet paper right we joke about that but all of our residents have all of those basic supplies without having to worry about that and on top of that more importantly they're not completely isolated in their homes so Our residents, even though they may not be gathering in the same ways as they used to be gathering, they're still able to connect with their neighbors, you know, maybe one-on-one in the hallway with a hallway visit and safely social distance with masks on, maybe um, just by like knocking on their neighbor's door and knowing that they're there. But the the loneliness part of things, and that's the thing right now I'm most deeply passionate about. I mean, we're passionate about loneliness and senior loneliness beforehand. But now, even just me personally, like my own family, like I, I'm seeing like my own family completely disconnect from the world. And I I can see how that's wearing on them. And I, I believe that as human beings, we're meant to be connected. I mean, if you look at the Blue Zones, like Lynn, you've read the, you've read the book, The Blue Zones, right?
1: i read the Blue Zones. I'm a big follower. Thrive, the, the all different yes. aspects of it. Absolutely. Connection is an important part of happiness yeah yes
0: i mean if we're the places where people live the longest in the world they have like a good social network and so when you take that away from folks and that's what's happening in the community at large loneliness becomes a very real massive challenge and i I think that we haven't yet felt the impact of that as a society we've been very focused on the health side of covid and i think we're going to feel a very negative impact on the loneliness side, I think that's going to start to really kind of raise its head as we move into the like fall and winter and like the cold months where you can't be outside engaging, you know, socially distanced or whatever. In our communities, we're still figuring out ways to keep the folks engaged. So technology is a big thing. Technology is a big learning curve too. I mean, I'm not going to sugarcoat that. It's challenging and if you're 75 years old, you might not want to learn how to do something new. I totally get that. Like <laughs> I don't want to go back to college and learn how to use technology and I don't understand like why this isn't working the way it's supposed to be working. Well, our teams have worked really hard through this whole through all the changes in in either tech enabling our residents or in uh, offering good tech support, or even just in having like the tools available. So you can schedule a time to Zoom with your family using our technology, or you can schedule a time to FaceTime using our technology. and You don't have to worry about figuring out how you install an app, or you do this and that on your own device. So those things, they're tangible, but they're actually really intangible in how they impact you as an individual and for our seniors and our residents and even our family members i'm really really pleased that our teams are just such amazing heroes and that they've reimagined how to provide extraordinary experiences even though it's a completely different world today than it was before i mean but our residents never have to worry about being alone our residents don't have to worry about being scared by themselves our residents don't have to worry about the toilet paper or if they're going to get food or if the grocery store is a scary place to go i mean our residents don't have to worry about any of those things and the story like we have so many thank you notes from from grandkids and from kids that are living you know far away out of state saying i'm seeing all this stuff in the news that's happening in my area and i'm just so Grateful and thankful, Emmanuel, that you're keeping my grandmother or my grandfather or both of my grandparents so safe, or my mom and dad so safe. I, I don't know what I would do without you, Emmanuel. So that's just a that's a pretty neat thing.
1: Yeah, Jennifer, it's probably a good time for me to let everyone know too. Probably one of those thank you notes is from my family <laughs> because my in-laws are in a an in Emmanuel community, and as a daughter-in-law, I'm thankful that there are multiple people you know, laying eyes on them, interacting with them every day when I can't. And we try to visit in the safest, most protocol accepted ways possible, whether that's electronically or distanced or, or however we follow the rules, but it's good to know that they're not alone and they're well taken care of. So, so this is me saying thank you right, right here on the podcast as well.
0: Thank you, Lynn. We we appreciate that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. We've talked a lot about how the pandemic has impacted the way you're serving seniors and all of the things that you're doing. I'm curious, as a marketing person, how has it impacted your job? What are some of the things you're having to do differently because of the pandemic?
0: Well, so I have two big things. I mean, kind of the common answer that I would guess most everybody is saying is technology, right? So we... It's like we compacted five years of innovation into three months. <laughs> yeah. yes. So if you don't like change, that's probably a scary thing. If you're like me, I was like, this is fantastic. My five-year roadmap for the digital strategy is now compacted into three, three months and now let's go. So that's been really fun for me and for our team. We're getting to innovate very quickly. But the, the bigger part of that, which is the interesting thing, and I would guess that probably all of your listeners have experienced to some degree this. So every person has a different different penchant for change, right? We're all, we all have different, different types of mindsets. And I think the biggest thing that we have been focusing on in my team, so I oversee both the marketing as well as the sales side of, of everything that happens inside of our communities and our pathway centers. And the single biggest thing that we've really been focusing on is mindset. You wouldn't think that that would be the case, but mindset, there are a lot of individuals who maybe had a fixed mindset or still have a fixed mindset versus a growth mindset. And basically you've just kind of thrown them into the deep water and said, you have to quickly become growth mindset because if not, you're, <laughs> you're not going to survive. And that layered into all the stress of all the ongoing changes happening inside of our communities. I mean, it's just, It is, there's been a lot of changes that have been federally regulated or locally regulated from regulators on how we do our work or how we provide what we provide. It's taken a lot of resiliency. Like the mindset part of it is a much bigger focus. Technology are the tools. We've made a lot of changes in technology with the tools. I mean, we're doing digital tours, all those great things. But the bigger shift is, you know, our sales team members are really good at building relationships. They're really good at doing those types of things. And now we're having to figure out how do we do that digitally? How do I change my mindset to quickly adapt, to embrace the changes when I'm really good at what I was doing before. And now I'm having to completely change what I was doing before. So uh, the number one thing that we've been focusing on in our team is truly mindset because the mind is so incredibly powerful. I mean, the mind has, there are the three laws that basically govern the mind. The mind things in pictures and words. So first of all, if we remember like whatever pictures and words you conjure up are really how you see reality. <laughs> and if you think about that, it's 100% true. It's kind of the, the glass half full. We, we joke about that, right? The, the rose the colored glasses, but it really is like the pictures and words that you tell your inside your mind or how you, how your life comes to reality, essentially. The second one that we've been really digging into with our teams is that The first thought is the automatic thought. You don't control that first thought, the pictures and words that automatically come, but you control the second one. So if you can shift the second one, that's how you start to embrace the growth mindset from our perspective, what we're trying to teach our teams. And then um, the third one is that the, the mind is, the mind is essentially wired to keep you alive. So, it's going to automatically go to the negative you yes. think every situation is the tiger that's trying to chase you down in caveman days and trying to kill you so if you don't intentionally take control of your mind and switch it it will take you down that path of the tiger is chasing me all the time and that constant state of tr- stress like i have to change everything in the way i do my job like right now that constant state of stress that's following me along that hundred percent will drag you down. Like you cannot survive that stress added on with like all the changes that are going on in my personal life, just because of everything that's happening with the pandemic. So we've been, we've been doing a lot of true like in-depth drills around the three principles of the mind and amount around how we, how we as individuals, even if we don't like change start to kind of step toward being more open to embracing change and seeing these challenges as ways in which we just get better. So I've got some SLCs that are doing really well on the technology side. They've really embraced how they blend building relationships using Zoom, but then hopping over to use the technology that we've created so that they have nice like digital tours of everything. We we invested um, a great deal of time in finances into like digitizing basically our whole tour process so you can take a beautiful tour of any one of our communities very thoroughly like looking up and down and all the way around the technology is amazing you can linger as long as you want to it's not just a video but it takes a little bit of adapting to be able to take somebody through that tour but still be able to build a relationship with the individual like we had to go back to 20, 30 years ago when we are building relationships in junior high on the phone with our best friends because we weren't like seeing them all the time, you know, whatever that is. So that's been a, the biggest challenge. But also, I think one of the greatest opportunities inside of COVID for us is that our team is becoming more resilient and learning some good tools in how they how they start to kind of flex the muscles of their growth mindset versus having a fixed mindset.
1: I love that idea of flexing the muscles of your growth mindset. (laughs) That's fantastic. And Jennifer, I know that you are a, like a student of human behavior and success and motivation. I'd love to get a few Jennifer connect words of wisdom that uh, would serve as a quote that could inspire people who are listening. OK, well, it, it all is about it all is about mindset because
0: I work on a very regular basis to try to <laughs> to try to conquer like the, we all we all have mean girl voices. If you're a woman, you have a mean girl voice. If you're a man, Absolutely. you have a mean guy voice. And the number one challenge in general that human beings have is that we deep down around something have an insecurity of not feeling enough in some way around something. So my quote really, like, I guess my words of wisdom are you can either succumb to the mean girl voice or the mean
1: guy voice, or you can hear it and tell it that it's wrong and quickly shift it. Nice. I love it. Tell it it's wrong and immediately shift it. That's fantastic.
0: It's funny. I mean, sincerely, Lynn, I've done this exercise and it's the strange, it's, it's the funny thing. Like, I would, so here's my challenge to everybody out there and to you, um, if you're a leader or if you're a mom or if you're a dad or whatever, I would challenge you to the person, the people that you're leading in your life, whomever that is, your friends even, challenge them to a 50 point brag off. 50 brag points about themselves. Can they sit down and write 50 brag points about themselves like right now?
1: That's a lot. 50 is a lot, Jennifer. It's a
0: very uncomfortable exercise, especially for people in the Midwest. You know, we're really good at giving other people compliments, but we're not very good at giving ourselves compliments. And if you think about everything in life is the thoughts and the word, like your thoughts become reality because that's how you're perceiving life. Your words become reality. The the pictures and words that you create in your mind are becoming reality because that's how you perceive life. If you're not thinking about yourself in a positive way, you're going to perceive that over and over and over. That's what gives people, I think that's what feeds into the, the victim mentality. Sometimes it's very easy to fall into. Like people are doing these things to me. That situation did this thing to me. Well, we need to s- switch that quickly to what can I learn from that? What's the opportunity inside of this? So I can take advantage of it. Like you've gotta, You have to take advantage of your mind, not let your mind take advantage of you with the mean girl and guy voice.
1: That's a, that's great. Jennifer, I feel like I could listen to you all day, but we are coming to the end of this podcast. And the last question I should really ask you is we talked at the beginning a lot about Emmanuel and the way that you're serving seniors and the great experiences you're providing. If somebody wants to find out more about Emmanuel, how can they find you?
0: Absolutely. Well, I would love them. I would love to invite them to visit our website at Emanuel, We have a whole host of information there. And from there, you can determine who's the best person to speak to to, to learn things further.
1: That's fantastic. I think you've got a host of resources for seniors there as well. Mm-hmm. Is that true?
0: We do. We've done it actually right away. And your team helped us with a few fun stuff, too. But right away, we did a whole thriving at home series. So we have a whole resource section there on like all sorts of interesting things you can do at home with your loved one or them by themselves so that you don't just sit at home watching the news and get more and more scared because of the fear. Oh
1: yeah. (laughs) That's, that's good, Jennifer. Very last thing here as we wrap up today, what's one thing you want to make sure people remember from our discussion um, on this podcast?
0: I would say that uh, I would go back to ageism. So this is a real thing. And it's funny because we kind of joke about it with ourselves. I joked about it just with myself, too, like the, the smile lines around my eyes that I want to erase. But we all need to challenge ourselves to embrace the wisdom and the beauty that does come with age. Certainly there are changes that come with age, but there are there's a lot of amazing things that comes with age as well. Wisdom, confidence. Just ability to help other people, but whatever chapter you're in, I would, I would challenge all of our listeners to embrace that chapter. If you know somebody who's aging your life to absolutely think about how you might enrich their lives a little bit more. And that's exactly what we're doing every day at Emanuel is trying to enrich the lives of the, the folks that we have the opportunity to come in contact with.
1: What a lovely note to end on. Jennifer, I just think what you and Emmanuel are doing for seniors is amazing. And it's always great to talk with you and just get a dose of your passion and your energy and your wisdom. So thank you for taking time with us today.
0: I appreciate it. Lots of fun and a shout out to you and your team because it's amazing to work with such a talented and, and fun team. You've been listening to Agency for Change. If you're enjoying these inspiring stories, please subscribe. Is there a changemaker you'd like to recommend for this podcast? Just visit the Kid Glove website at kidglov.com to share or to listen to more stories about the people behind positive change.